So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Oh, and welcome to Love After Lockup, haha, okay. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing season one, episode three of Love During Lockup. In this episode, Max finds out Tara is out of prison. Haley meets Dalton's choo-choo train driver dad. Indy wants to meet Harry's mom. Gabby already doesn't like Chris's mom. Ty goes on a date with an angel, and Santiba gets sexy pics taken for Talzy. If you like what you hear, please support us and give us a rating or send us constructive feedback. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things? Things are great, especially because I'm sitting right in front of you yes, this time. <laughs> I know. Not something we usually do, but we uh, are, you know, traveling together, so here we go. Yeah, so I guess you can kind of say we're live in Las Vegas, and what that means is editing is not so easy to do when we're sharing a microphone, so we apologize in advance for any kind of possible audio problems. Yeah, and crosstalk, things like that. That's the kind of stuff we usually edit out. Yeah. All right. So we watched this last night, and it was very interesting. I don't think I've ever watched Love After Lockup or Love During Lockup or any of these things with you before. No, we've watched 90 Day before, but not not this one. I think you're right. Yeah. So uh, why don't I go ahead and get started with uh, Dalton Haley. So Haley is going to meet Dalton's dad, and she's already impressed by the neighborhood. Dalton's dad, Dale, hasn't been very present in his life, according to Dalton. Dale gives her a long hug and holds her hand a little long when he shakes it. Haley is hoping that she can help reconnect Dalton and his dad. Haley is trying to get to know Dale, who used to be a choo-choo train driver, and she tells him she's a cleaning technician, and Dale gets excited and asks Haley if she'd like to see his room. Dale says that he hasn't seen Dalton since he uh, he went to prison. Haley couldn't imagine not seeing her son for that long. Dale says they gave Dalton all the tools to succeed in life. He just chose not to use them. Haley tells Dale that Dalton wants to parole to her house. And Dale thinks that Dalton isn't going to want to just jump into a nice house with a prefabricated family. Haley is trying to reassure Dale that she's not trying to take him away from the family. Dale wants the best for Dalton. He just doesn't know exactly what that looks like. Haley later takes her mom, Camille, to show her the house she just bought. Haley is excited to move out of her dad's place. Her mom is impressed and proud, but once Dalton is brought up, Camille makes a face. Camille is worried that Haley is going to allow Dalton to be part owner, and in some weird twist of events, she might lose her house to Dalton. Haley wishes people would quit doubting their relationship and trust that they'll be together forever. Dalton calls, and Haley tells him about how she just bought the house, and Dalton says he can't wait to get out and help. Camille is worried uh, that the mobile home that she bought will not be good enough for Dalton. Camille doesn't see things ending well just because they don't really seem to know each other. All right, so do you get vibes that Dale was into Haley, or is he just kind of weird? I Yeah, I couldn't figure it out. I think <laughs> he kind of, but yes, y- yes, I do. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. I think he's kind of weird in that he just thinks, he seems to think any woman that's paying attention to him is like into him. Like, oh, hey. Like, hi. I yeah. know you're, want to, and I, I was going to say banging my son, but she's not banging his son. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. I guess. But it was just odd, like, when 
they first met, it was like they hugged a little too long. And when he shook her hand, he was almost like like holding her hand, not oh, just yeah. shaking he did, it. He did like the two hand thing. Like, oh, yes. Yes. Like nice the hand teacher. sandwich. But he was just a weird talker. Like everything yes. he said was weird. Like he didn't say, oh, I was an engineer for the railroad. He's like, I drove a choo-choo train. But I also wonder if that's because Haley looks like she's 12 years old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh, little girl. Yes, this is what I do. Yeah, I don't know. I think... Uh, train people just in general kind of uh, get a weird <laughs> like reputation too yeah yeah but he did talk very interesting like it was almost like he was almost like a little pretentious how he talked like just yes trying well, to use big words on purpose totally and then he, the, the weird thing that threw me off is at one point he said something like we're all adults here, which yeah. usually leads to you're gonna say something about sex or right. you know drugs or drinking and he's like we're all adults here. And then says something like, this relationship is 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 shallow. And it's like, that. Yeah. why did you preface that with we're all adults here? <laughs> you won't understand the words that I say next if we're not all adults. Right. And he says, like, to the producers. He just, he, everything he said came across so weird. And definitely, like, definitely, he knows, you have to know what you're saying when you're like, would you like to see my bedroom? Yes, <laughs> that was weird because it wasn't even like. Do you want to see my house? Like, I got stuff to clean, you know? Yeah. It's like, specifically, it's like, well, what gross stuff is happening in there that your room so, is yeah, dirty? Does he only understand house cleaning in the context of, like, all the porn he watches? Like, uh, oh, I know what happens when you clean people's houses. Oh, God. <laughs> so gross. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. It's like, okay, this is your son's girlfriend? Like, why are you being, like, super creeper style with your son's girlfriend? Like, yeah. Maybe you have a thing for younger women, but this is not the one. Maybe, Pick a different one. Maybe this is why Dalton was like, I don't <laughs> think you should go meet this guy because he knows, like, no, my like, dad hits on all my girlfriends. Right. He's trying to hook up with all my girls. So, yeah. Oh, gross. Yeah. So, um, Camille being concerned about, you know, Dalton and two, it seemed like two issues. The first one was like, oh, it's not good enough for Dalton. Right. And right. I could kind of see because Haley kind of they made it kind of seem like there was definitely Dalton came up from, you know, money or something sure. like that. From outside the house, it, it, the neighborhood looked nice, but it wasn't like, oh, he's living in a mansion or anything. Right. Well, where, they, where she went to meet his dad. Right. right. It wasn't like and I know people in in, you know, that area. It's near yeah. Dallas. Like, you know, there's very big, right. very nice neighborhoods around there. Like and so. It definitely was not, would not crack probably the top half of niceness of neighborhoods, niceness of house yeah. in that area of North Texas. Like it, and so, yeah, the idea of it is he came from money. It didn't seem that much of an upgrade, Dale's house, to the mobile home she was looking right. at. Right. And the mobile home looked really nice inside. Sure. And I, you know, I don't think Dalton's going to be super picky. After prison, I feel like your standards probably are a little different <laughs> than maybe they were before. That's true. That's true. Like, yeah, because we've seen that. He's going to come out and fry the bologna and things like that. But, oh, gosh. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, I that just wasn't thought, meant to be sexual, by the way. No, that was a reference to <laughs> Doug from last season who literally fried bologna. Right, right. Yeah. So I just, I think her other concern, too, that somehow Dalton will, like, take over ownership of this mobile home is kind of unreasonable just because two people are on the title doesn't mean one person can without the uh, you know without fighting the other person just like kick them off no because well, yeah they break up if you're on the deed you have a thing but i think you can put them on 
I'm not sure because I got you know taken off of it yeah. myself. Um, but no, I didn't get taken off of a deed. You have to. I have to sign a piece of paper that, right. t- that removes me from the deed. I had to go to the lawyer and all do all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's like, but he can't because because in order to do that, he would have to have a mortgage to, <laughs> to right. like that's separate from the deed. It's not like oh well, he you paid you got a mortgage. You put his name on the deed, mm-hmm. and then he decides to kick you out. Well, he doesn't get to keep it. The mortgage still needs to be paid. Right, right, right exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I just think it's kind of a weird, I guess, unreasonable fear that Camille has. And yeah. she just needs to calm I mean, down. Camille is just, just you can see, like, every time she may mention Dalton's name, she's just like, oh. Yeah, yeah she definitely Dalton. made a face. So we know that Camille doesn't like Dalton, but... I think this being your fear that somehow Dalton's going to like steal the mobile home from under her. Like that's unreasonable. There's, there's better fears out there. Yes, like, and there's better fears involving him, like taking and spending all of your money. That's <laughs> yes. just like, he's yeah. going to, he's going to just take over this home. You know? Yeah. Or emotionally traumatize Haley or right. maybe be a bad influence on the sun. Like those are more reasonable fears then oh yeah uh, who knows he's in home. jail he has all kinds of crazy tricks to to steal your house that you also say is not good enough for him by the way it's yeah. a house that's not good enough for him but he wants to steal, steal it, it just because yes. yeah that okay yeah i get it camille she just doesn't like this guy but yeah i think she should focus on the like the more uh reasonable things that could realistically happen because then Haley won't think she's, like, cra- being crazy, you know? Because right now, if I was Haley, I'd just be like, yeah, whatever, Mom. Like, that would never happen, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, part of it's because she uh, she's – I don't think she's ever spoken to the dude. So right now, he's yeah. not much more than an imaginary friend. Like, this Dalton you keep mentioning, oh, yeah, that's – you keep yeah. talking about his name that I don't know anything about, but like, okay. Like, if I was Mom and I was trying to be manipulative, I would actually play into – Haley's fears of like cheating because maybe she doesn't, you know, maybe she isn't fearful of Dalton cheating, but it has happened to her in her own home right. and didn't suspect it. I would have been like, well, what if this guy does the same thing? What are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure she would have been like, oh, never because these people are all delusional. And speaking of other delusional people, <laughs> uh, let's go to Indy and Harry. They weren't oh in gosh. it for very long. Small scene. So Indy is having a video chat. Uh, with her, Harry, and Nakoa. Uh, and Nakoa doesn't understand why Harry just keeps changing his hair. Now he has braids? What's going on? <laughs> I'm confused. Forget <laughs> Nakoa. <laughs> so Nakoa seems to be pretty familiar with Harry, who she calls Puppy Daddy. So anyway, they talk about their upcoming trip. They say trip moving, we can't decide what it is, to Ohio. And Indy asks Harry if it's okay for her to contact and meet with his family, which... He kind of says, no, that's really not okay because they're not really that close and his family's a mess and his mom is impossible to get along with. But, you know, even after that whole conversation, Indy doesn't care. Family's important and she's going to meet with them anyway. Uh, So, I don't know, what do you think? Do you think uh, Harry's mom is the one that's hard to get along with or is Harry the one that's hard to get along with and he just, like, extrapolates that? Uh, I don't really know, but... It just seems like it's a bad idea anyway. I, okay, I'm not having never met Harry's mom. I know moms can be crazy. Yeah. You know, and I mean, they definitely can be crazy, especially when it comes to, you know, seeing things one way with their kids and their kids seeing things another way, right? Yeah. And so just that budding of heads. 
And if Harry and Indy are kind of like on the same team, right? So meaning they're going to want the same things. That's going to be conflicting, likely, with Harry's mom. So Indy should just trust that, you know, she's not going to get along with Harry's mom. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. If Harry doesn't get along with her and she doesn't really get along with people that with her family with regards to Harry, if, if her, the mom yeah. is there, like, especially because uh, you got to figure out, like, somewhere along the line, likely because he ended up as a career criminal. Right. Likely something went wrong family-wise, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you should believe that. Yeah. And usually blame the parents because I guess it's like well, that. Well, you blame the child, like a right. small child for having a bad relationship with their mom. And like, now I feel that's mom's fault. Yeah, right. No, it's like, yeah, I think most people give kids the benefit of the doubt. Like, they're not born evil, right? <laughs> right. It's just like, oh, well, they had poor upbringing, I think, is usually the consensus. Yeah. And then, of course, there's not, there's always exceptions. I know. Oh, all sure. Kinds Sociopath. Great, yeah, all kinds of great families where one, where, you know, the parents are obviously the same household, and one, yeah. one, one sibling is awesome, and the other sibling is just like, what? Oh my god! What How did you grow up in the same you? house? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Yeah, yeah. So, but it just seems like I don't know. This is a this is a pattern in this in this season so far. Is maybe I should meet with your family? Yeah, we were just talking about this when we were watching it. It's like, why is everyone so hell-bent on meeting the other person's parents? Yeah, and I, I, I mean, the, the conspiracy theorist of me kind of thinks it's production. Oh, Being yeah. like, somebody has to meet with somebody in this show. Like, we have yeah. to have something to film. Well, then that kind of goes back to, like, our concerns about the execution of the show. Right. It's like, yeah, let's diversify the storylines a little. Like, yeah. Well, okay, that, everybody's meeting the parents. There there are two storylines mm-hmm. um, on this. We have, uh, we're going to meet the parents, mm-hmm. and we have... Um, and we're going to get to more of these later, but we haven't gotten to this yet, but you know, uh, somebody's getting out and we're changing the plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like that's love after lockup too, right? Is, uh, uh, who's going to meet them? Like that's yeah. so important. Yeah. You know, it's like, who cares if, you know, you meet them or the parent or you go together. Like I need to be the first person to touch them. Like, yeah. Oh, that's just, I mean, it just, it just sounds like. Yeah, you're having a fight over which dog is going to piss on this fire hydrant first. Like, yeah. I'm marking my territory by yeah, getting him first. Yeah, it definitely comes off that way. Well, speaking of getting out, someone actually got out. Yes. Yeah, on this episode. So let's talk about Max and Tara. So Max is actually staying at his friend's house, and he's feeling lost. So he's done counting macros, and he's just pigging out on chips. Things have gotten bad with Alessa, his roommate slash best friend slash only fans partner, because she's gotten possessive and jealous, which has annoyed Max. So that's why he's staying with his friend Neil. Max hasn't heard from Tara since he was stood up uh, on the video chat date a while ago. Max looks up Tara on the Georgia State Prison site and they find a number to try and get information on Tara. He calls the number and finds out that Tara had been released from prison. This month, in fact. Max is upset because she left prison and didn't even care about Max to call him or let him know. Max assumes she's just partying, enjoying being free somewhere while he's wallowing uh, rock bottom. All right, so why do you think that he hasn't heard from Tara 
do you think it's just because she was just in it for the money when they were in prison and now that she's not in prison, she didn't care? Yeah, I, I don't think she was in really in it for maybe not the money, maybe a little bit for the money, but also just, you know, I'm bored and I want to chat with somebody, mm-hmm. you know, like so that. Yeah, because it just seems after she stood him up mm-hmm. and then like and then does this. And first of all, like, do we even know how he was going to get to Georgia and like where he was going to stay or what he was going to do in Georgia when she did get out. Like, yeah, and especially and it's not like clearly because he was surprised she got out. It's not like she was, oh, hey, I'm getting out soon. Yeah. It was just like you want to meet with me. It was it was 100 percent. I just I'm just going to ghost this dude. Like, yeah, I didn't really even think about the distance because he's in D.C. She's in Georgia. So what was he really expecting to happen? And I guess Maybe it's one of those things where she did ghost him because they weren't far enough in their relationship by the time she was released. Yeah. Maybe it would have been different if, like, they had done video chats and they had actually, like, progressed their relationship a little more where she's like, well, let's see, like, what else I can get out of this guy. Like, sure. I can see if he can come down here or because I, I don't know how it would be in Georgia, like. I don't know, but based on Puppy and Amber, like, they had some pretty strict probation rules. They did, And and they were on probation, like, literally forever. (laughs) Yeah, for, like, 20 years or whatever. Yeah, ridiculous amount of time. So, yeah, she wouldn't be able to leave Mm -hmm. Georgia. And, like, and that seems like, yeah, for somebody you never video chatted with, just to think, like, well, I think we should ask him to move across the country is pretty, like, crazy? Yeah, well, uh, Tara's, what, 37, so maybe she's a little bit more practical, unlike these other people who are like, yeah, let's move to Ohio. Yeah, let's go to Ohio. <laughs> Anira said so, and we have to do it, which is funny because Max has, from what we've seen, like, less of a network tying him to D.C., right? Yeah. We've only seen, maybe he has more than that, but it's not like his whole family is there, right, right around. We've seen his family. we just seen him with this you know, OnlyFans person and this other friend now who's just like random, random other friend guy who's just there to really be on camera and supply him a couch. Yes. With chips. With chips. Like, especially last time, remember he was like, she was like making pasta and he was like, is there a protein source in that? Cause, uh, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, I promise you an entire bag of Doritos, not a good protein source. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what happens when you hit rock bottom. You know, he's just like, mm. he's like, are you counting the macros, man? <laughs> like, no. I don't even not. know what that, what is a macro? I don't even know what that meant. Oh, um, that's like the diet thing, you know, when you count like your different nutrients or whatever, and uh-huh. you try to keep um, everything in like certain percentages. Yeah. yeah, that's about as much as I know. That's, I've never actually you know, personally that. done that. But, yeah, I don't know what really is keeping him in D.C. because, you know, he's a fitness model slash OnlyFans guy. And you could hypothetically do that anywhere. Right, right. Well, unless he needs his partner, because I want I definitely uh, let's be honest, you know, between him and Alessa, like she's probably the draw on the OnlyFans page. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's like you can meet Alessa's other places. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it, Alessa's aren't, you know, strictly located in D.C. Like you could find, I mean, maybe not her look specifically. Or, well, you have to find somebody who's willing to have sex on camera with you and sell it online. Like, I think you could. I mean, money's the draw for a lot of this, sure. right? There are a lot of people who are open to sex working without it being like a forced 
Oh yeah, yeah totally, absolutely. But I don't know. I just it's it's also tricky to find. I don't know. It just seems like it would be a difficult subject to broach with someone who isn't like well, all involved in the community to be like. By the way, would you like to try sex work? <laughs> yeah, but I think like. You know, he kind of even fell into this with Alessa. I mean, go back to how you did it before. I think it would be easy-ish enough to try find random hookups on Tinder. And, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, that's probably a good place to start. People are open. Oh, you to could, yeah, because you could even you could even make you could even make that your profile. I'm like, I'm looking for an OnlyFans partner. <laughs> like, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> that would be one way to deal with it. All right, so moving on, let's get to Chris and Gabby. So whew, a lot with this. We were already talking about how not our favorite person. No. All right, so Gabby is back, and she's still shopping, even though she couldn't get the cash for her dress last time. She thinks that that was really stressful, so what's going to help her problem of not being able to shop is more shopping. <laughs> um, she calls it calling it retail therapy again. Anyway, it's still tough. Things are still tough with Chris, though, because he's still in solitary. And Gabby tells us that, you know, she thinks if she can't talk to him, maybe the way to his heart is through his mother. So, as we said, the one storyline, <laughs> she's reaching out to his mother. And when she does, she finds out that he's actually getting released in three weeks, which is news to her because Chris's mom, Felicia, didn't actually tell her or... Say what the plan was. All she says is, oh, yeah, by the way, he's paroling to my house. So back in her apartment, Gabby talks to Christopher's, um, talks up Christopher's boyfriend skills and then talks about her biological clock plans because, you know, he's getting out and things need to start moving. Which, of course, uh, all of the plans that are about them are actually plans that are about her. <laughs> so Felicia calls again, saying this time that, you know, she talked to Christopher or whatever. She was in touch with Christopher, I should say. And he said, eh, you shouldn't, Gabby shouldn't come to the prison because, you know, there's something about like fed time. So it seems like he's getting released on his state charges. Yes. But he won't actually get released because as soon as he's free from his state charges, he right. has to serve his federal charges. That's what it sounded like. But it also sounded like they were unsure if there were federal charges, which seems really weird. Wouldn't you know that? Yeah. But I, maybe they're talking about like concurrent time served. Would you, yeah, which you would, you would think it was, it was concurrent or consecutive. They would know that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Gabby thinks that Felicia, this whole scenario is just bullshit. And, uh, once it actually calls the prison to find out. Now, the prison confirms. I don't, not exactly sure what they confirmed mm -hmm. because they were Nothing. just basically like, we can't really tell you anything right. or tell you how long he's going to be here or anything like that. So she starts crying and, you know, tr cries for a while. And overall, she just thinks this whole situation is too shady. Um, so, what about you? Do you think the situation is shady? Do you think Felicia's kind of lying to her to keep her out of out of Chris's life? No, I don't think so, because Felicia even offered to forward her the email that she got from Chris. And I don't know, just by looks of Felicia and like estimating her age, she's not someone who's going to be like, let me doctor up an email <laughs> that'll look like it. I mean, she kind of had the idea of like, OK, this girl's going to doubt me, so I'll just offer it up. I'll forward her the email, which seems to me like you know, she knows that it sounds kind of shady and she's trying to be like, cover her ass. Like, hey, it's not coming from me. It's coming from Chris. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just I could also see her 
you know, I agree that she probably doesn't have the email doctoring skills, yeah. but I could see her forwarding like a word doc that says Chris fake email dot doc X. Like, oh, gosh. <laughs> well, then Gavin would find get, out pretty Get quickly. away from me. You, I know, like go back to mom, mom, good, you bad. Yeah, I just think that. Uh, there are things that he's probably not explaining to either one of them. And I I don't know why that's put on, you know, Felicia that it's like suspicious when it's kind of like, oh, it's Chris. And, and I don't even think Chris is necessarily trying to be shady. It just simply sounds like no one has any idea what's going on. Right. And and I, I get that to be like, listen, I don't know what's going on. I might not yeah. be getting out. Don't come all the way down here to the prison. Right. Right. Just to not see me. Yeah. Like, and I mean, and the thing is, is, too, he didn't even say, don't ever come see me. He just said, wait until you hear from me before you start doing anything, which I think is completely reasonable. But the problem is, is that Gabby is an unreasonable person. <laughs> yes. Gabby wants to mark her territory very, very immediately. Like, that right. seemed like the biggest thing. She's like, no, no, no. If he sees anybody before me. Right. That's the worst thing that could possibly happen. I know. I need to be the First one there. And she even said, it's because I'm selfish. They're just going to have to watch us make out for a while. Like, oh, gross. That was just like, oh, my gosh, Gabby, you're so awful. It kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Brittany and Ray. You know how Brittany went to go release Ray with the matching family T-shirts. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. Uh, it was with the family. And it was kind of that whole thing like, oh, well, should you even go with us? And uh, yeah, I'm going. He wants me there. And it's like kind of news to the family. And it's like, who is Ray going to like hug, hug first? first. Yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of like the same thing, except Gabby's like, I don't know. She's way more aggressive than Brittany is. Yeah, she is. And she I would is. say Brittany was assertive, but, you know, Gabby is aggressive. I mean, Gabby is to the point where, like, I f- she feels like she's being generous just letting mom be there to watch I know, them make yeah. out. <laughs> she's like, I don't even know why you're here, bitch. Like, it, Which is funny because she was like, I really want to ingratiate myself with his mother so things go well. And then immediately was like, I don't like you talking mom. to bitch? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't like you at all. You told me I could. Because what's the person she hates the least is anybody who tells her she can't have what she wants. I know. She is so bratty. And, you know, after meeting her mom, it's kind of like, oh, like even the way she talks to her mom, she she's not very kind to her mom either, you know. And oh, I don't know. And I feel like the mom is like almost uh, given up at this point. It's just like, you're a brat and I don't yeah. know why anybody likes you because you're a pain in the ass. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how, if they've gotten in fights like this before and they will not talk to each other, but it sounds like, you know, the last time we saw mom that Gabby was like, I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, don't ever call me. So I don't, you know, I don't know how long well, that will Gabby is also the kind of person who is going to, like I said, the person is telling her she can't have what she wants. Right. You're you're out. You're cut out of my life. But it's beyond that because I'm sure she's also the kind of person that's like the person who can't tell me I have anything because as soon as you tell me I can't have something, that becomes what I want. And now you're the person who's telling me I can't have what I want. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just, just impossible. Impossible. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, I do feel bad for Gabby's mom. But, okay, so just based on Gabby's mom, it's like, how do you raise a daughter that ends up as terrible as Gabby? I don't know. Like, I wonder... 
I wonder what dad was doing and what yeah. dad was. And if he was like permissive, like more permissive than mom. Yeah, yeah. You always get, I feel like a lot of times you get spoiled kids, you end up with people with unresolved relationship issues. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, I want I want to be her favorite. So I'm going to give her whatever the hell she wants. And then who does mom become? The one who tells her, no, you can't have that. No, you can't have that. Right. Now, usually kids figure that out. And they're like, wait. That's kind of a dick move on my dad's part, wasn't it? <laughs> well, but I don't think Gabby's quite there. Clearly not Gabby. <laughs> I don't know if she'll ever really get there, especially if she keeps on having similar relationships like with, uh, you know, her partners. Like even Chris, it seems like he gives her whatever the hell she wants. And I think like his family, too, like they, at one point, they, like we laughed at this, like. They're like, oh, get, they think that I'm a gold digger. It's because like, you are. You are. You've taken $60,000 from a poor dude. Like, yeah. And it's just like, well, yeah, he has it now, but he had to get beat up in prison yeah. to, like, obtain that. Like, that's, like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, he deserves that money. And we've kind of talked about that last week. It's like. Yeah, there's a reason why he got that money. Pain and suffering. And it's like he doesn't even get to, like, really enjoy it. No, you're going to spend it all while he's still locked up. Like, in solitary, no less. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she's pretty terrible, too, because it's like, I know in some way she would justify some of the things by saying, like, well, he'll parole to my house. So all this furniture I'm buying is for us. But it's like he didn't pick that out. He didn't give a crap. You know, and that fancy car, like... He didn't pick that out, you right. know, and how is he benefiting from it? You're you're going to, like, pretend like, oh, well, he'll, you know, I'm driving him around, like, when he gets out. It's like, well, why doesn't he just use that when he gets out? Why do you get to enjoy all this stuff, like, before? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, yeah, why can't he just wait until he gets out and buy a car himself and yeah. buy the car that he wanted and not the car that you wanted? Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's move on to uh, Ty and Hottie and BB and Angel. And there's a whole parade of men in this episode. So uh, Ty is meeting up with her friends because she needs a drink. She shows us a corny poem that Hottie wrote her where he describes her eyes like the sky, which we were confused because... You know, her eyes are not blue, but, you but know. But it rhymed with Thai, so yeah. sky. Yeah. I really, really, he has a promising rap career, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> maybe children's book author, maybe. Uh, but she's telling us that this is the reason why Hottie is her number one right now. She gets a call from Boston in front of her friends. She wants to talk to Ty, and her friends hang up on Boston. Ty admits that she wants to believe Hottie, and even her friends think that this is just way too much drama. They even want to set her up with someone who's not in prison. Ty thinks that it's the non-physical stuff she feels more of a connection with, so she's not really sure about dating someone in real life. Ty thinks that Hottie and her are compatible and he's fun, but now she's torn because she loves BB like she loves her kids because he's sweet. Ty doesn't have a lot of faith in men in the real world, but she agrees to be set up with her friend's friend, Angel. Ty is feeling herself for a date and feels a need to take a selfie for BB. She meets up with uh, Angel and she thinks that he's handsome. Ty is a little excited about him, but asks if she can just check her phone because she gets some kind of message in the middle of their date. She claims to be checking in on her kids and she pulls out three phones. Angel asks what that's all about and he's suspicious. She claims that it's a work phone and a personal phone and a... Really explain yeah. the third <laughs> Ty tells the angel she's nervous because she hasn't been on a date in four years. 
As they're talking, Ty gets a call from Boston and just gets up and excuses herself and like with the finger, like, hold on a second to deal with the call. She admits that she might have ruined it with Angel, especially because you can tell that, you know, the conversation was not a friendly one. Ty thinks she can win him back. So she goes back to the table and claims that it was an emergency at the funeral home and now it's all flooded. Angel knows girl's lying, but he thinks that maybe she lied because she doesn't feel comfortable enough around him to tell him the truth, so he'll cut her a little slack. Ty tries to flirt and says that he might be able to cut her later, and Angel is just confused what that means. (laughs) His takeaway is that she just likes to talk. Ty starts to grab his arm, and Angel thought that everything that she does is just so exaggerated, and he's seeing it for what it is. Ty gives him a hug at the end of the night and a bit of a head rub, which ends in a kiss. Ty thinks that she has uh, more romance with a prisoner, and she also likes that she has more control about the situation. But uh, she's not really sure she's going to see Angel again because of that. Uh, Would you be able to tell Ty is lying based on what you heard? Because Angel was like on it and quick to be like, yeah, this lady's lying. Yes, I would, because... Okay, but first of all, people lie to me all day long. Like, okay. so I, I, you know, peop, I, I get better at them. But this wasn't even like we said. Her, her weird lies are weirdly specifically. Okay, yeah. so there's a flood at the funeral home, but you don't have to leave to take care of it. And just someone's calling to tell you about it. Yeah, but, and yell at you about it. And and you're gonna do that and be like, one second, you're, you're gonna leave the <laughs> table to take that call. Right. Like, I don't know what's going on, but it ain't nothing about a right. flood in the funeral home. Like, yeah, could you imagine if you like if you were ran a business and it flooded, would you be like, oh, no, it's fine. I'll just stay here on my date. I'm not going to go look at it or yeah. figure anything out about it. Just going to. Yeah. Why would they call you just to inform you? Yeah. You're like, oh, I guess you don't have to come into work. But and then she, why would you be all hostile about that on the phone? Yeah, and like and things. I mean, and this is, of course, after she pulls out her three burner phones. Like, yeah. So. <laughs> Like, it's already like, wow, you're really weird about these phones already. And then somebody, like, calls and she, you know, really nastily talks to them. You can yeah. tell they're having a hostile conversation. She's like, oh, no, my, my business just flooded. It's fine. Like, oh, I, it didn't. So, yes. I, I mean, I love the way he said it, too. <laughs> like the, yeah. the, only, the only thing that's flooded is the nonsense coming out of her mouth. <laughs> I love that he picked up on it so quick because, I don't know, I, I'm someone who doesn't always assume that people are lying to me. Well, I should say, anyone in my life that's not my students. If it's right. my students, I assume that they are lying all the time. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah. Well, part of it is because I don't want to have to police if people are lying to me or not. So I just assume that my students are always lying to me. And because it's one of those things where if I didn't, I would just always believe them because I'm not someone who is very good at being able to tell someone is lying because it's just like, oh, well, you know, that just sounds so tragic. I don't want to think that they would lie about something like that. Yeah. Okay. So, but yes. And I think the, the, the fault of her was picking a ridiculous lie. Yeah. Like something that she was like, that just doesn't, what you just said doesn't even add up. Right. Makes sense. If she'd have been like, oh, that was the babysitter, like. My kid did this and this. They got into yeah. trouble and I had to like yell out. Okay, that makes sense. But you would have a hostile conversation. You right. would stop in the middle. You wouldn't want to do that in front of somebody else. Yeah. All of those make sense. Blame it on your kids. But did she blame it on the kids? No, she's like, it flooded. Just like everything she comes up with is like, you must have the worst life imaginable. Right. All these because random things are, emergencies. Things are flooding and catching on fire. fire right. <laughs> like, things right. are burning. There's no food. Right. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's just like if every time a kid is a kid is out, they they're blaming a dead grandparent. You're like, right. well, how many and grandparents like, do you have? Exactly. Dude? Yeah, I was just thinking that because it's just like, and it's partially I think like students when they're giving you some kind of like a lie, it's because it's like it has to be big enough where it's serious enough where they get away with something, right? Right. So it would be like, oh, yeah, you know, something like even if it's a legitimate thing, they're like, oh, but that's not big enough for why it's a week late. So I need to come up with something bigger because, you know, that'll give me more time. Oh, they're getting pretty they're getting a lot snazzier about it now because I don't even get grandparents. I just have a death in the family. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> you're like, I have a lot of family members. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, the thing that my students try to do all the time and it's gotten to the point where it's like, no, I, I will not accept anything like late is because they come up with like, oh, but I have screenshots of like when this file was created. I was like, anyone could doctor that. <laughs> Why? Well, especially because you're like, if you didn't. Know that it was gonna things were gonna happen. Why were you screenshotting when you created oh the document? My gosh. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah, they're trying to screenshot currently like the metadata of like oh. the file and stuff like that, where it shows like when this file was created, when it was last modified. It's like okay, but that could be a completely blank file that you just happened to do on like the dates that you said. So it's like. Oh, my gosh. Like, all that stuff can be doctored. Like, what do you think I am, an idiot? Plus, I always tell them the story about my sister who uh, used to carry around um, a, a defected disc. And she would, like, give it to her professors and be so like. corrupt files. Right. She'd, she'd be files. like, my essay was on this. And, like, I promise. And now the disc is corrupt. And she she would shop around the exact same disc to all her professors and get, like, extensions on everything. And I would uh-huh. tell them that story. I'm like, that's the reason why I don't believe y'all. Oh, yeah. It's it. it, it just, it, I mean, it, she nothing she did seemed up front. It's like nothing yeah. she talked about it. I mean, the only thing that was up front were her boobs coming out of that shirt. Oh, gosh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was so funny. Your comment on it, you're like, her boobs are defying gravity. <laughs> they, was, how are they staying in her how shirt? How are they staying in her shirt? They're like, she's, it's really like their, their shirt's trying to push them out and they're staying in. They're really fighting the good fight. I don't know how that was physically possible. Oh, my goodness. Uh, very good, like, um, underwear, you know? I think she, she, she had to have double-sided tape and all kinds of stuff, too, for yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. She she is always boobs out, though. Yeah, very boob forward going into the date, which is like... <laughs> Um, do you think it wouldn't be your first move if it's been four years since you've had a date and you're not trying to get into anything? Well, like, I mean, Angel was impressed by the look, so oh, yeah, it was he working. Was. Yeah. That, what was it working for what she wanted to get out of it, I guess? Because it seemed when she agreed to the date that mm. she was like, fine, I'll just go to do this thing that I know is going to suck. And then I, I can yeah. tell my friends I did it. Like, And when you think you wouldn't go in there being like. I think it worked that for way. what she wanted, which was basically to get some attention. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's if true. you're from trying a to real get person, yeah, yeah, from an actual person. Yeah, and if you're trying to get attention, boobs out is definitely one way to get it. All right. Well, speaking of it, trying to get attention, boobs out. Let's yeah. go to Santiba. Um, so Santiba is on a way to have her fe- sexy photo shoot to get some pics for Tulsi. She says Tulsi makes her feel sexy, sexier than other people. But um, when the photo shoot starts, she wants to really make sure that. The pictures aren't going to include like her vagina or her nipples or her butt crack because there's weird things about prison. Those get taken out. He's not allowed to have them. And even if they're a little bit too sexy, it's awkward because she knows that like five people see these pictures before Tulsi does. (laughs) Um, And also, once he does get them, he might be trading them for noodles. (laughs) 
Because, uh, yeah, I guess they don't do cigarettes anymore. It's noodles. Uh-huh. <laughs> so in the middle of a shoot, uh, she gets when she's sitting in this bathtub within lingerie, she gets a call from Talsley that he says he's getting out and into a halfway house in about three or four weeks. But that's when, again, this is the recording storyline of let's change the plans. Because <laughs> she was supposed to move down there close to the halfway house so they could, you know, see each other or whatever. And um, he just kind of says, nah, no, nah, why don't we just skip that part and just wait till I'm done with the halfway house and I'll give you a call and we'll uh, figure something out there. So sh- this is a huge disappointment for her. And, you know, because it's such a huge disappointment, she's in Maine. She's going to eh, forget it. I'm going to keep going with my plan and move to Florida anyway near oh, this gosh. halfway house. So anyway, later on, we get the commercial segment where we see Santiba composing an email for email sex. So not phone sex, (laughs) not text, not sexting, email sex, which they write like kind of long scenarios. I don't know what's writing up. That's thankful. Um, But anyway, that moves on to her sitting in a hot tub and waiting for the response from him, which might come an hour and a half later. (laughs) So it's, you know, an hour and a half between interactions. So she says... That this is just like having all day long sex, which <laughs> it's not like that at all. No. Because um, that would suck if something happened and then you're like, all right, hour and a half later, I'll do something else. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, man. So this one is like the opposite of Max, right? She's going to move anyway. Like, what is it with these people and just defying their partner's wishes? I don't know. I mean, same thing with Indy, right? I mean, Harry didn't tell her not to, but he doesn't seem super enthused about her just randomly moving to Ohio. And I don't know what is wrong with them. It's like, maybe they're just not really wrapping their mind around, like, what the scenario is. Because if we think about the halfway house, like, even in the... um, You know, this is a situation with like John and Christiana, Mm -hmm. like they barely got to see each other. And I think just people think that halfway house is like halfway you're in prison, but halfway not. So you're halfway free to do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. But I mean, some of these halfway houses don't sound like that at all. Well, I mean, it does, but it's like it doesn't that that you are halfway in and halfway out of prison. But the part of the half part of your life that you get back is not your romantic or your personal life. Right. It's work. (laughs) Yeah. You can go to work. Like That's the half that you get back. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I just I don't think they really get like what the situation is. And maybe the prisoner doesn't even know. Right. Because maybe they haven't been in halfway house. But then it's like, well, this is a new situation for me where I've had this like very specific schedule, this very structured way. And it's like very um, uh, like I know what to expect. And now I'm going to be put into this change and unexpected situation. Let me figure out what my schedule is before I add you into it. And I think that's fair. But it's like it's almost like these it tends to be the women like whatever. I'm just going to move there and yeah. we'll figure it out together. And it's like not really. No, you don't get to make the rules. That's as hard as it is. Like it's two very stressful, difficult things like moving yeah. from this situation of prison to the halfway house. Hugely stressful, hugely difficult. Mm-hmm. And also like kind of being this new changing your relationship in such a significant way is very stressful and difficult. And it's like. It's hard to figure out when you get a new significant other at all. When you have a set schedule, like how are the, how is this person going to fit to my schedule? How right. how are they going? How many times do we see each other? Like what's what's too much? What's weird? What's smothering? What's not? But I say that clearly, these people have no like 
worry about like what's smothering, what's too much too fast. That no, part is just they out the window. Definitely don't. Well, okay, and that's the other thing too that we see time and time again is just like, yeah, they have this super like uh tight relationship because they're in prison and it's easy to because you're not physically like in each other's space all the time. Right. But that doesn't mean that you know the kind of relationship in terms of the, the communication, like how often you communicate is how that other person would want to be physically in like the real world. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, the expectation for like verbal communication, because I think it's, I, I honestly wouldn't mind having a partner where I was texting all day, you know, like that sure. to me is like, much more reasonable and would fit my life than if I had to like know where that person was at all times and like right. any free moment they had to be with me and we had to do everything together that I would not be able to handle that. No. And especially, especially wouldn't be able to handle that. I feel like when you get into that situation, it's like the frog boiling in the water, mm -hmm. right? It's just a little bit more time and as time yes. goes on, it's a little bit more time and as time goes on a little more time. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, we're like together all the time. Yeah. Okay. Right. It's not like, OK, we've spent literally zero time with each other. And tomorrow it's going to be like I'm all up in your ass all day long. Like, yeah. Here we go. That's yeah. That's just that's a recipe for just an explosive breakup. Right. Right. And, and we've seen that. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's not completely unfounded and it is a legitimate concern for these people. But I yeah, I definitely think they really need to give them their space and respect the wishes of the person who's going through it. It's like yeah. you're not the one who has to go to the halfway house. You're not the one who's, you know, had to be in prison this whole time. It's like cut them a little slack. This isn't easy on the rest of their life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Forget about their romantic life. All right. So uh, we saw all six couples that we've seen so far. So who was your student of the week? Uh, I went with Angel. Um, okay, because yeah. Because he made me laugh. Yes. Um, even though, the, with the caveat that, oh my God, at the end of that date, he still kissed her. I know. Like, it's that like, was what are you terrible doing? Terrible mistake. Terrible I mistake, know. guy. He was just like, he seemed pretty desperate to get laid, but. Like. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I like that he called her out. But at least he would, I don't know, know it for what it was, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I had my student of the week, uh, we were talking about this before, uh, struggling to find someone, and I actually went with Tara. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, no, we didn't see at all, but it was like, good for her. She recognized that this seemed like a shit show situation, and she's like, done, Max. Yeah. Have we even had any like interaction with like any prison interviews or no, anything with no, her? No, we've only seen pictures. Interesting. We've only seen pictures. So, I mean, this seems to me, this is a storyline they got involved in. We're like, wait, male only fans, jacked weird person, get yeah. him on the show. Let's go. I know, because they were definitely leading with him. So yeah. it's like, I think they think that this guy is a draw. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think he's a draw in that I don't think he's a catch or an actual romantic person. <laughs> he's a draw in the same way. It's like, what? Get a load of this asshole. Yes, yes, I think so, too. Yeah, they weren't completely wrong. And I think also it's one of those things where uh, they probably thought, oh, well, you know, we can kind of flip the script. Like, everyone feels sorry for him. Like, he's a former fat kid that just seems to be down on his luck in women. And then uh -huh. you're, all of a sudden you're like, no, you're a terrible person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Um, who was your dunce? My dunce was um, Dalton's dad, Dale. Oh, gosh. Just because he was so fucking weird. Yeah, he was. Like, what, who bird. talks like this? Are you hitting on your your son's fiance, girlfriend thing? It's just unknown. Weird. And even if he wasn't, he was just like. It was just like, no, nope, he needs to be around his family. He doesn't need to be around you at all. That's okay. It'll be yeah, like, like especially if he's extremely dismissive of everything she she did. Right. He hasn't even talked to him in like two years. It's like he needs. You mean you family, or are you talking about like other family? Right. Because I think maybe they're other gonna family? cocoon him like a butterfly, which oh, is gosh. also butterflies so come out of a cocoon. You don't cocoon the butterfly. <sighs> Like that—that that would kill the butterfly. Cocoon so. the caterpillar. Yeah, you cocoon the caterpillar. Yeah, what a weirdo. Yeah, my dunce was Ty. Like, come yeah. on! Like, your lying is not fooling anyone anymore. And it's just like you're so ridiculous. It's like Hottie's your number one. Now it's like Hottie and BB, and then like their little cards when they were like. Yes, you know, the, the intro cards. Yeah, yeah. and she—they have her with two dudes, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, BB's turn, and it's just <laughs> like, and she like simply is like, oh, I'm just gonna send BB this selfie, and it's just like, oh my gosh, you're just so ridiculous. She is, she is, which leads into my life lesson because my life lesson was with her, and that's like, okay, so if you're kind of juggling all these guys around, and you've got your burner phones, <laughs> God. If you bring your burner phones out on the table in front of one of them, yeah. I don't think you understand the concept of what a burner phone is supposed oh to be for. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, well, it's so that I can have multiple phone numbers. Well, in these days, you have phones that have, like, you have dual, dual SIM cards. SIM cards. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, lady. Yeah. And so when she busts out and, and the when she busts it, we're flip phones. Yeah. She busted out, like, three flip phones. And it was oh like, gosh. that's a burner. Why do you have a burner? Yeah. Like, on a first date. Crazy idea. Yeah, ridiculous. Okay, so my life lesson um, it really applies to a lot of these couples. And, like, we talked about it could be production related. But winning over parents is definitely a plus. But it's not always a deal breaker. And if your partner doesn't even want a relationship with their parents, now it's just a bad idea altogether. You should respect the relationship they have with their parents and accept that it may be different than your own relationship with your parents. I definitely feel like I have a, I don't know, I feel like everyone thinks they have a unique relationship with their parents, right? And I, I definitely don't think I've ever dated someone who has the same kind of relationship that I have with my parents. And I would never expect their relationship to be like mine. And I would hope that they yeah, wouldn't no. expect mine to be like theirs either. So you just have to be respectful that people have different relationships with different people. Yes. Like, especially Haley, like being like, well, I'm really close to my parents and I'm really close to my son. So therefore Dalton should be really close to his dad. It's like, it doesn't work, it doesn't like, work that. like that. Yeah, no, no. Especially when you're like, his parents kicked him out. Like, what do you want to have a good relationship with him? Yeah. I don't, like it doesn't. Yeah. It, it, it can't be the same for everybody. And no. kind of, if you like, yeah, it's it, and it shows an amount of immaturity to right. to expect that it should be a certain way, one, and that you can engineer it to be that way right. at this point in their lives, too. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely also seems like a lack of empathy on her part. Like, you yes. don't really get the other person's yeah. situation. Yeah. Other people have different thoughts than you and different feelings. <laughs> She's like, no, everybody has to live in my rainbow world. <laughs> Of scrapbooking that I put together. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She does seem very childlike in yeah. a lot of the things that she does and how she kind of presents herself as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, yeah. Going back to our dunce of Dale or your <laughs> yeah. dunce of Dale. Yeah. Well, that makes it worse because it was I like, know, did he right? talk to her like she was 12? And it was like, wait a second then, because I thought about it when I said it. Does that mean he was trying to hook up with the 12 year old? Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. All right. So uh, we will be back next week in uh, long distance again. But yeah, so uh, we will see you all then. All right. Talk to you then. Bye. Okay. Bye.